Bungalow up there, Fox's fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Fox's Podcast. Coming to be live, as always, from various parts of the United States. I, is your, I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, joined by my three wonderful co-hosts from various parts around the country. I'm in San Diego, so is Chris up here. Chris, how are you doing, my man? Matt, the sun is shining. I thought I'd go out on the balcony to kind of just nice. reflect the mood I have, mate. Finally, a quality win. Tete stealing the show. You can't ask for much on a Sunday evening, mate. What a what a weekend. Tete with a side of nachos, baby. Down in New York City, Jason, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. I, I got to say I'm awfully jealous seeing Chris sitting outside in short sleeves. It was... Uh, Pretty Arctic in New York this weekend, but we had uh, some goals and a, and a nice new Brazilian warming us up. Oh, dude, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I played 18 earlier this morning, and uh, yeah, I had to had to take off the jacket by uh, about the 10th hole because of the sunshine. So, don't want to brag, but we'll move on to uh, Jim down in Texas. How are you, dude? Good to see you, man. I'm doing well, thanks. Um, good to see you all after missing last week. Uh, it, it was it was nice. It's a shame I missed it, but I enjoyed the show and, and got to be a listener. So that was that was awesome. And nice to see Chris looking like he's uh, sort of a World Cup correspondent or something out in the sunshine on this balcony right now. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's also a little bit warmer here, but in the, in the 70s, it finally got warm after 40 on Thursday. Oh, geez. Well, I'm glad to hear you're getting a little bit of a little bit of warmth. And yeah, we missed you. Glad you're feeling better, buddy. And yeah, I know, Chris, I told him he has to hold still or the sunshine's going to completely like block him out if he leaves like that. So, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for joining us. Those I thought he was to... just I mean, he came back and it was like he's like an angel. So yes. I'm just looking at, Boy, this, at is, this. This is what it means when you're optimistic. The sun is always shining no matter what you do. Chris, yeah, is, it's, it's, uh, Chris is giving off more lens flare than a J.J. Abrams Star Wars movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for wherever you are joining us out there. Uh, we're back on schedule, back on our Sunday thing. So hopefully you guys are back here with us. And if not, you can uh, always follow along on the replay or uh, by w- listening to the uh, pod, whatever you prefer. But either way, thanks for joining us. We've got great things to go over. An amazing, impressive win by the boys. Really putting it on uh, Villa in Birmingham. It was an absolute great performance with all of the opportunities that we've seen um, all year us piss away, whether it's, you know, you go down early. We've seen the guys hang their heads and just kind of forget about it and just suck it up after that. But, man, we saw a team that was resilient. Uh, We saw a team that did not quit fighting. And we saw some young guys get a start. Uh, in a game that we might not have thought that they would get started. Brendan throwing caution to the wind and throwing all three of the new boys in. Um, I guess your thoughts, we'll start with you, Jason, on seeing the new guys in the lineup. Uh, as soon as I saw that, I was like, fuck, yeah, let's go, VR. Like, let's do this thing. What were your thoughts on the boys getting thrown right into the fire? Yeah, when I saw the lineup um, about an hour before kickoff, I think I described it to all of you as quote-unquote sexy. And uh, it was exciting. It looked like a really nice, fun attacking formation. We weren't playing with that um, kind of defensive midfielder slow the game down. Um, super excited to see Tete, as I'm sure you guys could tell from the last episode and from the, the flag I have here on the wall. Um, Ian Nacho looked like our best striker, so he was in there. Um, Christensen, you know, his 
debut looked encouraging. And then, you know, we've been a little shaky in, in the back. So to have Suter out there also, or Suter, however he's saying it these days, uh, yeah, it, it looked like a really good, really fun lineup. And it was probably what everyone needed for a little, like, pre-match lift, right, uh, going into the game. Uh, I think everybody was going into the game excited to see the new faces. Definitely. The new squad numbers, uh, just that automatic injection of, okay, you know, new guys in the squad. This is not going to be the same old shit. Jim, your thoughts when you saw the boys up in uh, the lineup? Um, I think a lot, much the same as Jason, Jason really. Um, I think we had some chat in the week um, amongst amongst the, the U.S. Foxes group that, that, we, that we hang out with. And uh, we were kind of talking about uh, what, what's Brendan going to do? Is he going to go to this sort of Arteta slash Guardiola-inspired and play, play Yuri as number six? Uh, or sort of go to a double pivot, and he he went for the double pivot with um, Jewsbury Hall. I'm, you know, we'll get into the game a little bit and the tactics, but uh, seeing the new signings, I think Tete obviously very excited that he was in, get to see what he could do, but more importantly, providing that balance and having sort of a right side that's just you know potentially as threatening as a, a left side. Uh, Madison back in the starting lineup, like a new signing, you know. Uh, BDV at left back, you know, he he was fantastic and he he um, looked like he'd been playing with us all season. And then I think for me, Harry Suter coming in and actually starting, we we heard he might be injured um, and, and he was just carrying a knock when he signed with us. And, you know, whether some of us thought that maybe, you know, would he start or not, but he, he got the nod. And I, I thought he he played pretty well and he added some solidity. I think we, we still had a bit of manic depending, but, you know, Oh, super excited. Yeah. That leaves you, Chris, uh, when you saw the lineup, man, which uh, you're just yeah. as excited e as all we were. Yeah, echo the boys' sentiment there. Yeah, really, really excited. I thought a couple of things stood out to me, um, and we'll talk more about it, but the decisions he made at the top of the pitch, going with Ian Acho, I thought was really, really exciting. We were pushing him to try and get him more and more into the team, do something different. And to Jim's point about... Sutter in the bat line. I thought that was really important. It was. It would have been a typical Leicester thing where we sign someone for 15 million and then he's out for two weeks as he's getting fit. So the fact they all could play was, I think, just an awesome boost. And you looked at that team sheet and you saw kind of a balance that you've not seen before. And I think going into the game, it was like, holy crap, are we actually going to have some balance and we're going to have be in places where we have players that want to play in those positions? So, yeah, it was... It was it was really, really exciting going into that. And, you know, I think there's something to be said, too, for one being in the side, but two performing after you get into the side. These are guys putting in their first, you know, every, there's every excuse in the world for them not to perform. And I feel like even, you know, us being Leicester fans would have been guilty of this had they not come out and perform. I can hear the excuses right now coming off my own tongue for them. You know, well. First time in the Premier League, you know, tough match against Villa. That's a team that these guys are going to struggle again. We always knew they were going to struggle in their first match. Like, I can hear myself making excuses for the guys right now. And they all looked really good. Obviously, uh, you know, Harry Suter would probably not prefer to have an own goal in his debut, but it's certainly not to the caliber of own goals that we've seen so far this year. So let's uh, let's just, you know, leave that where it was. But, you know, what does it say to you, uh, Chris? We'll go back to you. Just the fact that these guys coming into the Premier League, 
um you know their first shot uh under the lights like every ever the world the eyes of the entire team are on them what what are your thoughts on the performances that these guys put in i mean yeah yes and no i mean if you look at the team look at two of the three signings christensen played in the champions league earlier this year sort of played in the world cup these boys have performed on the highest stages so yes it is a little bit different playing in the premier league but the foundations were there as well and i think one of the things that we have to give credit to this window as well is this that this is the really the first window with our new transfer team in place if you remember in the summer we had all of that rigmarole around with southampton negotiating for our new squad for our new um, head of recruiting and it was really this was his first window to get in there so i'm sure they took that into account in the process matt but I mean, especially Christensen, and I think we'll talk more about him as well. But to your point, 20 years old, comes in, looks mature, looks like he's been there, done that. It was, yeah, a revelation out there, mate. Jason, looks like you wanted to say something, bud. Yeah, well, let's not leave out Tete Shakhtar, man. They they kicked the crap out of Madrid in the Champions League. So this this guy's got experience at, at the, the, you know, playing against top, top opposition, and he does not look out of place at all. And I, I think we all knew that he was going to, you know, he's either going to be a boom or a bust. But I think pretty much every fan to a T who was watching any bit of football, uh, you know, had very high expectations for this guy. I was very excited to see him. So, um, yes, Tete. <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> don't leave that man out of, of the list of, of uh, you know, of elites and, and playing against elite uh, opposition. Uh, you brought up a great point too, um, talking about the return of James Madison, Chris, Jim, speak yeah. for a minute on just the difference that he makes, especially when we see him returning, you know, to a more central role like we did. Well, um, obviously, you know, he links the play, his visions there. Um, I, I thought he actually was, a little bit rusty at the start. You could tell he needed some minutes. Um, and he, he was, I was a bit worried he was doing his sort of, you know, he was getting cropped a lot. I think there was an early, an early challenge on him when he took the ball and he, he, he did his classic, you know, turn and tried to break away. And he, someone, he got smashed into the hip and he was down for, for a little while too. And, uh, you know, he, he, but I think his, like the way he like brings the team together cohesively is fantastic. Um, obviously, he took a, his his goal was really really well taken. I think the composure he showed to kind of hold on to it after that sort of frenetic tackle from uh, Ken and Jusbury Hall, getting it to Nacho, Nacho looking up and just sort of slide rule passing it to to Madison. And for one moment, I thought, oh no, it's Harvey Barnes going to hit it first time and sky it over the bar. Especially you know after the start we had, but you know seeing Madison sort of do that little you know fake to shoot, you know give himself a second and then slot it home was amazing but i think that it, it to me it was the balance of the front four that that gave us you know supreme um a, 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 like kept us in the game you know we scored more goals than them and we didn't defend great but we won and three points and it's great to see that that's probably going to be our hopefully our attacking four for a little while now yeah, you'd take any like, – where we are in the season, that you would really take those three points, and especially against a team like Villa that's down there. We we talked about it earlier last week. Um, you know, these games against teams where we're down in the muck and the mire with them, we've got to be able to perform. 
Um, Jason, looking, um, I mean, just your overall thoughts of the match. I mean, we we come out, we see them get ahead, and it would have been real easy, like I said, for us to drop our head, but we didn't do that. We uh, just kept firing. So just give me your overall thoughts um, on, on how we came out. Uh, I think we look good attacking. I think we were awful defending. Um, we gave up a lot. Uh, they, but luckily for for us, I think Villa were even worse at finishing. Uh, that was a pretty like terrible performance from them. They had plenty of looks at goal. They had a lot of quality chances and just couldn't do anything with it and, and really let us off the hook multiple times. I mean, they, we we have a real knack for just playing just awful football matches with with Villa. Like the quality is just like so bad sometimes that nil nil draw like well, at the end of la- like last season was one of the worst games of, of football i think I've, I've ever seen and so um we didn't come out looking i think particularly great i think we were just trying to kind of uh, we were a little slow um villa had had the uh, played with initiative and, and aggression and it took us a little time to to kind of get up to speed there but luckily for us um i I don't know. You've got defenders who can't pass the ball, trying to play the ball out of the back, and they just, you know, gifted us, gifted us a goal. Um, and we didn't really create a whole lot leading up to that, you know, uh, to that chance. So I think we, it's a mixed bag. I think we we had some really great, like bright attacking play. Um, loved just, uh, just seeing Tete out there, which is like the missing link since Maris had left. And it makes football a lot more fun to watch. Uh, I thought KDH was was excellent and just really like very active all over the pitch. We looked very good pressing. Ianacho I thought was unbelievable. I thought he had a fantastic game. Showed why he needs to play. Don't don't let just the Brazilian flag fool you there too. I got one of these too for senior man. He deserves it as well. Um, and but but we we kept giving up this kind of a lot on the right side, uh, behind, you know, uh, behind Castagna. So we we just looked shaky there. So there were luckily there were enough positives, and there was enough like just shittiness from Villa that um, it all added up to a four two win for or two four win to to Leicester. It was one of those games where we've seen all year long. If we if that offense that we had yesterday was not in place, we would get our asses beat and lose that game. But because of these new signings, because of him giving Nacho a chance, we actually saw some offense, Chris. And yeah, that's a that's a game that we lose all year long. Except, 100%. Yeah. you know, obviously 100%. now the change has been made. Yeah, hundred percent. I think echo Jason's points. Completely agree. I thought going forward, we looked after the first 10, 15 minutes where it was a little bit lackluster. I thought last 65, 75 minutes, we looked pretty aggressive going forward. Defensively, yeah, all over the shop. Um, Hopefully it's something where you've got two new lads back there. It's going to take time for people to gel. I mean, it's a new defensive centre midfield partnership between Faust and Suda. You hope that's going to get better. I think that triangle of communication between those two and Ward is something that needs to improve quickly for us to be able to not concede sloppy goals and maybe be a bit more aggressive in terms of positioning, closing things down. I still, a couple of their goals, I thought defense, especially that second, the own goal, I thought KDH could have closed him down a bit quicker, stopped the cross coming in. Um, But yeah, aggressively going forward, I thought we were great. Echo the sentiment there. I think having Tede out there 
gives you that natural width. It spreads the game. I think defensively as well, having him there allows us to, if you looked at times, you could see almost like a 4-4-2 we were doing as we were defending as well. And that's the first time I've seen that all season. Typically, when you look at us defending off the ball, it's a mess. We've got never, you've never got those lines as such. So it was great to kind of see that as well defensively. Um, and I'll just say as well, I, uh, I thought Christensen was Christensen. Sorry, was fantastic. Composure for the third goal. We'll talk about a bit. Sorry, the second goal. We'll talk about a bit more. But um, I thought he put in a solid 70, 75 minutes. Considering for him, this is the start of his season. I mean, they were preseason, kind of preseason training, getting back into the swing of things, and to put in a shift like that on your second, really your second game back. Super impressive. It was cool to see him go up uh, and you know meet up with his family in the stands after the, after you could see it really mean mean a lot to not only him but his family as well so yeah bdv big 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 match for him and um really excited to see um him just kind of lock it down seeing him get forward like he did there were multiple times where you know i found i was like jesus who is that oh number 16 he's in, he's on the far side of the field so he definitely has a tendency to get forward which is exciting uh, but he can also track back um very well so I, I i'm really excited for what we can see uh coming out of the young dane um and yeah to your point too chris to see just the offense um not just coming down the left side of the field with Harvey, but actually on the right side now and watching Castagne and Tete kind of do shit up and down that right side of the field. Outside of the field, we haven't seen much uh, action on yet this year, Jim. So uh, quite the difference there to see, you know, yeah. more than um, one side of the field being played. Yeah, and, look, and looking at the, the stats, we actually had more attacking play down the right, which I think is the first time in probably maybe since Riyadh Six years stress <laughs> <laughs> I think with um but you know, I think like 43% was down the right and um yeah like I think the other thing is having him help it helped he didn't he didn't he kind of started that he was mixed with how much he wanted to defend I think that their goal um he kind of sort of ran alongside and sort of looked at them before the cross came in I I don't you know I don't blame him for you know going and cutting inside up front, but he kind of got back to position. Then he didn't really do anything from there. And um, like talking about defending or lack of it thereof in this, um, in this game, uh, Villa were woeful. We were woeful. Um, I think the first, like, as, as Chris said, the first sort of 20 minutes, I don't think we had a center midfield that was defending. I was looking really carefully at, at how the midfield was shaping up. And it kind of looked like, you know, I was a puzzle. Jewsbury Hall was playing right center mid and and yuri playing left center mid but you know i'd expect them they were way too far apart look at the first goal buendia was just on his own for the shot um there was a couple of times they waltzed through it looked like we were kind of the kdh thought we were playing 4-3-3 and he was the right midfielder madison kind of half thought he was playing sort of semi left center midfield for a little bit of that and then sort of yuri would just go wherever he wanted and if Yori was carrying the ball forward, no KDH was not dropping in behind him. And so, because his game is pressing up front. And I think what we saw is Yori kind of got drawn into the ball. There was a lot of like playground chase the ball scenario that that I saw, but I think we settled in. I think you know, hopefully that's that's fair play to to the Brendan and the team. But um yeah, their their first goal was like like you know, the shot was great, it, you know, hitting the bar. Danny Ward taking a nap before he decided to stand back up. And by the time he stood back up, it was too late. Watkins had put the ball in the back of the net. 
Um, but you know, we showed so so much resolve to get back. You know, three minutes later, with um, you know, thanks to Villa gifting us, <laughs> gifting it more. I have gifting, but uh, but also really big credit to KDH doing what he does do, which is that really high press, which um, Jason talked about earlier. I can get yeah. detailed into some of the mechanics, but no, I'll, no, it's great. I'll like the. the that's such a good point. I mean, KDH is press there and not only to do the press, but then to, to, to finish the play. I feel like we've seen that play this year where somebody does the work to, you know, to press the ball and then the guys aren't ready for it. Like nobody's paying attention that we actually have a guy pressing and it just squirts off to the side. Whereas we had a play there this time, ready to go and ready to attack Chris and, and yeah, that things like that, just alertness, readiness. Yeah, and I think that comes from preparation as well. Like if you look at Emre's side, they like to do that. Villa like to do that a lot. They play, they're very aggressive in the way they distribute the ball. And so I think that probably was a tactical decision to press high and press in those situations. So yeah, kudos to Echoes Jim's point. Maybe kudos to Brendan there and the team for getting that right and, and contributing there. Finishing definitely was a theory of the day. We even speak about Tete and we, you know, he's sure he's got that Champions League experience and all that. But the fact is he's he's in Villa on his debut uh, on his goal to see that, you know, little cutback. I could see, you know, Martinez is also a keeper that can get in your head. I was very, very excited to see his finishing um, because that could have been one where I could see him squirt. Almost had two. Uh, that other one that he had, the little curler that just bounced right outside, man. He made, he scores two on his debut. I, I think I might have ordered two shirts for him. Uh, if you were following along, I immediately ordered the Tete shirt after that goal. I wonder how many other people did. Um, moving along from there, uh, Jason, let's start to talk about where we think that this midfield is going to go. Um, we, we spoke, it kind of looked weird. We weren't sure if anybody was playing defense in the beginning of the game. I think that was Jim that you spoke of. With this um, offense looking, obviously, it looks a little bit more uh, powerful and a, and a little bit more threatening than it has. What are your thoughts? We spoke last week about who what the you know midfield um, grouping and pairings were going to be after uh, yesterday's match. Anything in your mind about who you think is going to be most effective to keep this offense humming, but as well... Uh, provided some defensive support. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm hoping that indeed he gets healthy and kind of gets back to to his best at some point. Um, I'm hoping that the injuries are kind of what has um, caused that dip dip in form. Uh, but we do need a defensive midfielder to kind of clean up the mess where we're playing so many kind of like players who who want to get forward and want to play more attacking and aren't necessarily the best at tracking back. So you, you, you need that, that player in there, but that's the best uh, until he's healthy. That's the best midfield three we're going to play. Uh, just because they're, they're, they're all, you know, can, can do something with the ball, uh, various levels of, of mobility. Yuri can pick out a pass. Um, he has gotten better on the defensive side, uh, KDH all action all the time. And then Madison gives you, gives you that magic. Um, and, We've just been playing very slow, tedious football for for so long now, um, and I just think that you know putting Mendy in in this role is just going to slow us down uh, a little too much. And you could see we were when we were trying to hold on to the lead, made made those uh, personnel changes, put him on. We immediately kind of go into a shell there, and just it seems like we're just we're just praying 
to get through those last 25 minutes. Uh, well, I know I was. So. Yeah, I, I was I, I was there with you, Jace. Um, yeah, I think we were kind of all like, why is he making those subs? You know, we could kind of see Madison needed to come off. He wasn't he wasn't healthy. And I think Pratt was the right call. But then to see Nacho having such a great game and with his ability to hold the ball up and um, Jewsbury Hall, I don't think he did look tired. I think he was yeah. getting he was getting stronger throughout the match as well. Um, yeah, I think you, you can kind of see why yeah, Mendy comes on just to give that sort of screen. But immediately he did that. He kind of got the ball. He tried to go down the left-hand side and then stopped after he ran about, you know, 15, no, 10 yards. He could have played it down the line. Barnes would have, could have gone and chased it and it would have put them under pressure. But he stopped, looked back, tried to play a pathetic pass to Christensen that was intercepted. And I think luckily the Villa player wasn't even expecting that move from him and we got it back. But yeah, I, Jason, I, I agree with you on the team. I think this is the best team that we've got with the players available. You know, I think pretty much there's a case for us. This is our best 11 that we have, period. Um, yeah. But like if the way that Ndidi's been off form, um, I, but I can't see how, who you drop, you know, maybe you drop Barnes in a game when we need to have more defensive solidity and, and Madison goes sort of left midfield now, um, and you bring in someone like Indeed and you play a three, uh, or you play Jewsbury Hall out there or something. But um, I think if we'd have played like we did yesterday against Spurs who are coming up, I don't think we'd have got back into the, the game. A team that can organize themselves um, is worrying. And um, but, but Jewsbury Hall, he not only got the first, you know, caused the first assist, um, but he also was involved in the second goal. He pinged that crossfield pass he hit to to um, Harvey Barnes, who then laid it off to Christensen, and then that sort of interlink. Oh, and then Barnes and Cross to, I want to point out, again, Villa, terrible defending, leaving Kalecci and Nacho unmarked six, five yards out, four yards out. Um, but, you know, again, I'm taking it. It was, But it was a good footballing goal after, you know, a, a mad scramble goal, and it was it was beautifully taken. Definitely. Chris, your thoughts on uh, we saw somebody we thought he was going to Atletico Madrid. We thought the bags were completely packed. Haven't seen him in a while. Then all of a sudden, Soyanchu comes on as a sub. Or is, did that tell oh, it, it was the epitome of a meathead performance, wasn't it? I mean, what was his first thing? He was to take the Villa player into row D right in front of the Leicester fans. I mean, don't get me wrong. You 4 2 up, you G up the away end and get the lads singing a bit more. It's a great thing. But to your guys' point, when you see that decision being made and you're like, okay, we're going to go three at the back and try and just wallpaper paste this shot, it just doesn't really, really work. Like, the, the some of the, yeah, the, the substitutions were a little bit confusing. But, um, yeah, to echo Jim's point about the, especially the second goal, I thought the build-up on that left-hand side was, was fantastic. The ball itself on Barnes, he didn't do much this game, but I think one of the things in that moment, the quality of that ball. And yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that Villa decided to leave Iheanacho one marked on the six-yard line is just uh, crazy. But um, yeah, I think it was a it, it was a great goal. And I think it led to the third. And I think shout out to uh, Rob Tanner for this one. Um, he talked earlier in the week about one of the things that they, one of the things that Tete kind of, 
potentially brought to us was that idea of running behind and getting off those passes. And it turns out, I think today, Leicester LCFC on social media posted that little video of Ricardo talking to him, like, just run behind. Ian Atcher is going to get the ball, go behind. And look, has it. I mean, it was a great setup, great ball by Ian Atcher, and it's a great finish to take us into the break three to up. Yeah, Jason was speaking last week about the Portuguese connection on the right side, and, and then to see that uh, come to fruition is pretty dope, huh? Yeah, man, I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself, but I'm going to get way too – I'm going to get – I'm going to go – miles and miles ahead i just i keep thinking about the possibility of a fully fit ricardo playing um with tete on the right side even if it's just for like 45 minutes of last game of the season yeah those two swapping in and out it could be very very nasty and uh so please please get healthy soon it's, it's gonna be like a um lloyd dyer um with jeff schlup yeah. <laughs> bringing it back the left yeah side, man. Three side that was two games <laughs> absolutely um let's uh let's dive in then guys let's talk about denny pratt's goal uh out of nowhere number 26 gets his shot on in called into the into the fire and uh he does he does well with his chance um i i was impressed to see another player that hasn't gotten chances uh could definitely be down on himself be down but he comes through and and puts in a shift, Chris. Um, I I we're into the subs now. So, what are your thoughts on uh, hey, the young Belgian? I, I think I think it's the epitome of just like awful defending. Yeah. I mean, every I, goal they were done at that point, dude. He lets him goal side, which is like rule one hundred and one of don't let the player goal side of you in that situation, and then to miss it. But yeah, to your point, Matt. I mean, composure. In that situation, to take it around, Martinez, stick it in. Um, I think it, it was a huge goal in the moment because after that, once the second half had started, you could see Villa again pressing. There was an urgency. And it kind of, at that point, really killed the game and kind of just silenced everyone. So it was a huge goal. A great finish by Dennis Pratt. I mean, um, in, in those situations, we could have imagined a few of the less players on that pitch skying it over the ball or um but it was yeah really good finish um but yeah just awful awful defending again good timing for it to happen man i uh couldn't have because martinez is one of those goalies as we saw in the world cup like after he makes a few saves in a row the, the motherfucker just gets cockier and better and it and yeah the, the fact we were allowed, uh, able to get some finishes past him and put him I, in his place i, I seem to remember him actually saving a, a was it in the final or was it in the semi? I think it was in the semi final, um, where it was a one on one and he he kind of like stuck it, he did his big sort of schmeichel. That was the final against uh, France, yeah, oh, like right yeah. in the closing minutes when they had a chance to tie yeah. it up. He made that one on one save, that yeah, was yeah, just yeah. Incredible, he, so. he, he does it quite a bit, um, for sure. Great goalie and one of the yeah, like one of those guys you cannot allow to get any confidence. So uh, well, there, there's there's cl- there's Argentina Martinez and then there's Aston Villa Martinez. I think <laughs> they are they are slightly different in terms of uh, abilities. Yeah, the slightly sure. different team ahead of him as well. Yeah, just just, just, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, so yeah, guys, we've covered the goals. We've covered uh, the 
defense or lack thereof of defense. Um, we talked about, uh, I don't think we talked about Tete's goal actually. No, uh, we did. We did. Yeah. Okay. Dialing. But to, uh, Chris, uh, uh, Jim, I mean, Jim, Jim seems like Jim, go we didn't talk about something he wants to talk it, it about. Yeah, so let's, let's hear it, Jim. Yeah, man. I, I would, I think we're just wait, waiting for the Rob Tanner, Samba skills, uh, dancing, uh, write up, aren't we? When we read it, but I think he took his goal beautifully and, you know, round, rounding Martinez and, you know, South American needle. He, in, in the, um, who can hold their composure longer? South America edition. It was it was our player Tete. It was uh yeah. I mean, it, it goal had a bit of everything, right? Had, had the yeah, press, um, had, had good press, um, missed the tackle, but then the Villa player trips over the ball, which was outstanding. Again, so had had a good press. Yeah, had um, a, a, a Villa screw up. <laughs> when when the ball gets to Iannaccio, I mean that immediate. Um, Tete just instant it knew, and I guess maybe you know Ricardo. Yeah. I told him, make that run, make that diagonal run. He covered a lot of ground. He got there quickly. Mm-hmm. Iannaccio played a great ball, and and Tete's finish was was beautiful. I think that goal deserves deserves the um, the extra bit of time. So, and thank definitely. you, Jim, for thank yeah. You're welcome. Of course, I, you know I could talk about that goal all night. Uh, but I think that's the thing that Iannaccio brings that he can link up the play. Yes. And we talked about this in earlier pods, uh, you know, certain substitutions when he should have come on, he could slow down the game, hold up the game. I think one of the things he showed against Villa, because they were playing quite a high line as well, he showed the physicality against uh, Konza and um, uh, Mings, who are, you know, Mings especially, who's like, you know, very strong, very, you know, very quick. Um, But I think, he also showed that he was pretty quick over the over sort of the distance as well. That I think he's got an underrated amount of pace. And there are a few balls where he was chasing down, he was putting them under pressure. You know, he gave away a couple of silly fouls, but it actually took the pressure off our team by resetting the play, resetting the ball, and giving and Villa had to stop what was happening right in their half, right on their own 18, where he does that. And I kind of like his sort of intelligence to give away those sort of fouls that that do stop the game, stop momentum from the other opposition as well. And I think, Jason, you said at the start, he is, uh, I think, by head and shoulders, uh, best striker this season by a long shot. And I can't imagine, you know, unfortunately, Vardy or or um, Daka participating in the way that he did um, yesterday either. Yeah, it's um, things can change. Uh, cool. Certainly, he he goes through his patches where he doesn't always play great, but I, I don't think I think the debate is over right now. Unless uh, I mean, if you guys feel differently, I'd I'd love to hear it. But um, Ianacho, we this team is better with Ianacho in the in the in the side and on the pitch. Uh, there's I I don't know how I I can't, I don't know what anyone could say right now to convince me otherwise. And I think he showed it. I think we're all kind of dumbfounded when he showed it COVID season and he was our top scorer. And then, you know, the next season he's, he's out of the team again. And then he sort of comes back and he's, you know, two games in a row he scored now, obviously, you know, in the FA Cup and now in, in the league, two assists as well. Um, so, like, what, what, can he, what can he do? He's always going to blow that easy chance. He did it against Walsall, but then makes the yeah. other goal happen. He 
takes his goal really well, makes two other goals happen, and then probably should have gotten that 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 one v one on frame and didn't. Yeah, but, you know, oh, you yeah, can yeah. forgive him for that when he's playing like this, when he's linking up the the play, making so much happen, and just making the the, the squad look better. He's gonna make. He's gonna have his his. He's gonna miss his sitter. It's probably gonna happen every game. But you know, you got to take that with with Ianacho. Ask you guys this question: What do you think made Brendan start him on Saturday? Do you think it was just because the two of the strikers were completely out of form, or do you think, given some of the chat that we had during the week, that there was this natural propensity for when we were looking at the side that if we were going to be balanced, we'd like to see someone like Ianacho start? I'm I'm really interested because one of the fears I have is to you guys' point is that Nacho goes and misses one or he has one of those bad games coming up. And then all of a sudden, Brendan's just want to pull that plug again and get him out of the team as quick as he could. So I'm interested where you think that kind of the idea manifested itself for him starting on Saturday. Uh, I mean, I have my ideas. I don't know if Brendan agrees with, with any of them, but, um, and why I think that Ianacho belongs in, in the side. And I think, um, Barnes has had a difficult time. Let's not, you know, beat around the bush in terms of get, getting room. He's still, if you, you can't argue with his production, compare him to any other winger in the league. The numbers, the numbers are great, but he's not, you know, at his best and doesn't have the room to kind of run and kind of play instinctively. He's having to think a lot on the ball. So now with Tete out there on the right side, Madison back in the lineup. I think if you play a striker that's just kind of hanging on the back shoulder of the defender, where then again, and, and you've got, you know, with two inverted wingers, we're, we're kind of um, closing down the space again and getting in each other other's way. Iannaccio is a player that can kind of suck the defense forward and make that space, you know, um, over the top or, or for, for those speedy wingers to, to kind of run and, and be more direct. So there's a bit of that. I think uh, our, whoever we've been, you know, Doc or Vardy just haven't, haven't looked very good. Ian Nacho has gotten his goal, uh, has gotten his goals when he, when he has played. Um, and we are missing a bit of that physicality that we need, I think with, with our number nine, uh, Daka gets bullied a bit um Vardy's you know maybe he's lost a little bit of a step who knows I'm, I'm sure he'll come back and, and and surprise everyone again at some point this year so you kind of need need a, a bigger body in there that's kind of kind of like you know go toe-to-toe with with some of these defenders and hold the ball for a little bit to you know to give someone else a chance um or you know to let the play kind of you know develop um when you have strikers that are getting bumped off the ball left right and center you can't really do that you agree with that, Chris? I mean, it does seem like it, it, the writing was on the wall as far as like, Brendan, this kid's got to play at this oh, point. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a riot too, right? If I he know, does, I was, right. I was hoping there was more nuance from Brendan Rogers' standpoint after the game, talking about how he thought Nacho was the key piece to keep the shape. But I think echo Jason's points there. I totally agree. I think the physicality he brings up the top end of the pitch is something that we desperately need. We desperately need up there. He's not afraid to, like you said, commit an f- occasional foul here or there. Just, just. I think one thing that we have to echo, Tyron Mings looked rattled again. It seems to be a common thing about le- playing Leicester. Mings was rattled in the first half. He didn't, and this guy is, is 
an England call-up. He gets in the England squad. I think he went to the World Cup. But against Hersey, he gets rattled every time. And that that's probably a combination of, yeah, Vardy in the past, but Nacho playing up there this time. And I think the more we can have that physicality, I think also, especially at home, the fans will see that. There'll be more, the boy, the fans will get behind him. And I think that can only do wonders to try and help us just try and get get a bit more home form and, and get some more points and go up this league. But yeah, sorry, sorry, Matt. No, go ahead, buddy. Um, what? But what I think Nacho did after we had that ropey 20 minutes is he went and kind of went and got the ball. Yeah. One of the things that I, he kind of came out to the right wing and he's like, hey, Tete, you can come in. Or, you know, and he goes and he does, he, he goes and occupies someone else's space and kind of tells them to go where they need to go. And I think that sort of, that intelligence allowed us to change from sort of, we were like the first 15, like, like before the goal, or maybe just after the goal, we were just forcing the ball through. Like it was trying to play passes really quickly that were low probability. I think Matt Piper's talked a lot about this on Radio Lester about Yori looks up and he tries these passes and they don't always come through, but he was trying to force it through. KDH does that sometimes as well. Even now we have Suter and um, and 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 uh, Wildfast. They like to play these balls through as well, and they were trying to force it, and it wasn't working. So we sl- we kind of slowed it down. And I think one of the things we started doing was sort of linking through. Actually, I feel like some of our best chances weren't the goals. They were things that we kind of created through that link up. And like you said, the curler from Tete, if it had gone in when he bent it, I think Inacho had one as well that he tried. Madison had one, I think, that went over the bar. There was, you know, I think Harvey Barnes was kind of in at one point too. And so that to me was the difference that he brought to the team of that link-up play with the other other four. And he can kind of drop in and do a Madison if Madison goes and plays number nine. And yeah, exactly. Jason's holding up his um, Nigeria flag again. And that's what I love about him in the team with the, yeah. and especially with these players around him as well that we can do that I think you need from your sort of, you know, I'm going to say modern center forward now who can, who can kind of come and do that. So, but Matt, we didn't ask you, what do you think about a team and, and like Nacho, you always ask us the questions and we need to. Yeah, man. Well, it's the hosting duties. It's the hosting duties. No, I, uh, I was just excited to see some threatening fucking soccer again. Um, from a team that has been nothing but just flaccid and just sad. And it's just like, for how long have we just sat back and been taken to and like had to hear the opposing fans talk shit and sing shit and literally just have to sit there and take it because it wasn't even like back in the day where it was like, yeah, but you guys know what's going to happen. Vardy gets through on your back line. Those days aren't even there anymore. Like it's, it's, we're just such a a team with no threat and and there was no threat. It used to be like you know we would play got uh, other supporter groups in the bars to be like ah oh, fuck like we know any moment though you th- even when they would score they would be fearful of our offense like just one little break happening and it's been so long since we've had any semblance of that it it's been get the ball to harvey go down harvey sprays it wherever the fuck it goes around the net it might go in and sweet if it does or before madison was hurt it's get Madison the ball maybe he's going to do something brilliant and if not we're fucked 
or get the ball to Yuri. Yuri, if he, he's going to shoot from 30 yards, if it goes in amazing, or he's going to hit the bar, like the, that was our offense going forward. So just the fact that now there are more threats um, than, you know, just the, the those two uh, and three, really, um, I, I'm just so excited for what now we can see. I mean, shit, guys, take a look. That's three games undefeated. I know it's small. I know it's, you know, walls all is what counts for one of those, but it is three games undefeated. It's the draw against Brighton. And now we have an injection of new blood, uh, new offense, new defense. And maybe it is, you know, the, it is the biggest January window we've ever had. It is the first Brazilian player we've ever had. So fuck it, guys. Like we've got the, the writing on the wall here for a turnaround in the season. And yeah, we saw some weird results happen today, but Leeds lost. And that's the kind of stuff we're going to need going forward. And man, may it continue that this team, because the run of games coming up, guys, where, you know, Tottenham, man, man, you next, it's, 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 we're going to need something. So to answer your point, I'm excited. Uh, it's the most excited I've been in quite a long time. Um, and, and yeah, I think these are the perfect signings at the perfect time, Jim. And what a, what a great uh, harbinger um, of the future that just, we got to see yesterday. Yeah, we, we need that feel-good factor back because there's a rough run of, of, of games coming up. Uh, Tottenham, you know, that, that'll be tough luck. Look what they just did against Man, Man City. Um, so it will be great to see, you know, hopefully tons of Brazilian flags everywhere. Kind of need that 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 excitement, that buzz is back. Yeah, the man. Tricky I right mean... ringers there. I mean, the some of the some of the things that he was doing along that right side were great. But also, like, Ian Nacho as a character – when he's on like he's just such a likable dude he's just hilarious when he gets his chances to do his post-match interviews like you really want him to do well right yeah. and so like that 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 attitude is back hopefully um there's positivity is, is there and around the club really seems like also tete is just like really loves being at leicester like he he showed up he seems to be blown away by the facilities at seagrave seems like he's really taking to his teammates his teammates are really excited about him you just see that like release that he had when he scored the goal and he was like like punt like doing like shadow boxing and he did a slide he was just so pumped and then like yeah the, the, the shitty Marez uh half roll slide like, yeah honestly <laughs> if we if we couldn't be like it, that was perfect like honestly like that's what we, we've been waiting for the bars replacement he goes plays a you know brilliant game on the right side left-footed player takes his goal failed knee slide i was there at the etihad for that goal uh in that 3-1 win and just to see that again kind of bringing back that that feeling um was you know it was special and i think uh yeah made me happy i think you know the game was all over the place but but that uh you can't help but still to feel really good about how how we came out of that yeah i i think yeah jim what were you gonna say buddy i just agree 100 absolutely i yeah i i just i'm glad i'm excited to feel uh threatening again i feel like yeah i mean actually... we're, <laughs> we're glowing like chris is literally glowing with it with his <laughs> yeah. oh 100 boys 100%. With the sun behind him there we are we're I... like you can see it in our faces I... <laughs> I think one thing that you guys brought up, yes, the fixture fixture runs tough, but I don't know about you guys, but I'm going in it with a whole new invigorated outlook on 
it. Like, if you'd asked me three weeks ago, okay, we've got Tottenham, United, City, and Arsenal coming up over the next month and a half, I would have been like, all right, we're getting nothing. And yes, we may get nothing out of this. But to me, now, if one of those teams has a stinker, if one of those teams doesn't show up, and there's an opportunity there for us to go and do a smash and grab. We've now got the capabilities, I think, to do that. So I think from a from that standpoint, yes, it's going to be a tough run of fixtures moving forward. But to your guys, what you guys said, great, this podcast, there are now mechanisms in place that we might be able to go sneak a draw, grab a yep. goal, get three points. And that's just going to be huge for us from a momentum and a positive mindset moving forward for the rest of the year. Great point, Chris. Totally agree with you. I mean, we've got players that can make a moment of magic happen out of nothing. And that's what you need against these sides that, you know, that are coming at you with, um, you know, with stacked, with stacked rosters. Um, yeah. So kind of always makes you feel like you've got a puncher's chance. All you had to do guys, was crank up the volume on your TV and listen to what ROAN sounded like. That's the best that ROA fans have sounded in a long ass time. They were loud as shit. And you could hear Vichai had a dream echoing around the bar in San Diego. And that's all you have to say. Like that, this is, uh, I mean, just that sound alone told me everything I need to know about where the club is headed right now and the trajectory that these new guys in the life that have been injected into the club. So um, I'm excited. Sounds like you guys are excited. I hope the rest of the U.S. Foxes are excited because, uh, yeah, I think we, we've we got a little uh, different trajectory now, possibly. Um, talk to me next week and we'll see where we <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're playing we're playing Tottenham who we always have really great results against recently. Exactly. Um, I'm, 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 I did just doing a little bit of, of homework and uh, Spurs have only scored three counter attack goals this season. And I think they were all against us. So I think one of the things is they've not been a counter-attacking side this season. But I, I feel like us being at home, this is going to be the thing we're going to have to watch for the like if we play like we did yesterday, pushing up as many players, we've got to keep tight right in the middle um, and and really kind of force them out wide. They've actually been pretty ridiculously strong aerially, which kind of is another thing that makes me think like I'm glad Suter's like in the team. He did show some of that. Like also looking at the stats yesterday, Villa, we blocked, Villa had nine blocked shots. So <laughs> I'm not saying all of them were great chances, but there was some some manic defending so but yeah super ex i think like i'm really looking forward to next saturday like this is making me like as matt as you Same. said yeah. this is kind of like a, the week can't go quick enough um now to kind of get to the next game and actually see you know another like another week of training with our new signings hopefully like some fitness maybe you know not sure when Ricardo's maybe going to get some minutes in his legs. Like Christiansen super excites me as a solid left back that was, you know, Suter was organizing and pointing and, and sort of creating some presence, even though he was, you know, not really sort of up to a hundred percent speed, I don't think. So if we can get some good corners in, um, like, I think he's got, he's got a chance on that. A little bit worried that our left backs taking our corners. And then what does that mean defensively? <laughs> like who's, who's hanging back? Um, but you know, onwards and upwards, let's get a goal from a corner. We've got a six foot six center back now. Come on, let's get one. Well, one more. So three three things, right? We all we all wanted, right? Like we've all yeah. we all um we we 
I mean, we used to get this back in the day, but uh, so number one, uh, winning an FA Cup, right? Uh, I think no, none of us ever imagined winning the Premier League was too far fetched. An FA Cup, finally getting that FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Number two, getting uh, signing a Brazilian, right? And I mean, that's that's right up there for me as like the the things that I dreamed about as a Leicester fan. And now this is a more recent one, which we don't doesn't really happen very much. Um, but scoring off a, an offensive corner, <laughs> just just putting it right on a defender's head and letting him, you know, we used to do it all the time. Um, and we, so, grew, up, we uh, grew up with it. Jim, Jim, you're, uh, you know, just you talking about that. And, and um, that that's my, my, my next dream. So there are two things that I've been really kind of Jason's imagining in my head. Suter, yeah, Suter scoring uh, off of a corner. Um, and and the possibility that that Ricardo might play on the right side with uh, with Tete. That could be magic, guys. So if both of uh, those things happen. Oh. We finish seventeenth this this season. Is a success for me. And then we sign an amazing goalkeeper in the summer. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, fuck. Man, let's not talk about that today. Well, he. <laughs> I, uh, I, there were. Moments of good and just moments of Danny, and I. It is what it is. We just got to score more goals than the other team. That's needs to be it going forward, guys. It's it's pretty simple. All right, uh, then for uh, Jim, Chris, and Jason, uh, love you boys. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. And yeah, guys, get ready next week because it's going to be a big one. And um, we uh, will be back next Sunday, same time, usually right around four o'clock uh, Pacific. That's seven Eastern. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us as always on the U.S. Foxes podcast for Chris, Jason and Jim. I, as always, am your host, Matt, and we will see you next time on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Cheers, boys. Cheers.